following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. Michael Graff Show. Hello, how come I rich and you not? How come you not sell real estate like I do? How come I sleep with your wife while you at work and then I pee in your toilet and don't flush? And sometimes I open the back part and I pee in there so that when you flush, pee come out. You know why? Because I'm smart. I'm smart, you stupid. Michael Graff. We're dealing with one sick son of a bitch. Okay, okay, let's try to watch the language. There's children present, yeah? That's right. One in ten support D's nuts for present. The zip code famous Michael Graff Show. Hey, that's just a regular unattractive guy who's not famous. Michael Graff. If it's a legitimate rape, the female body has ways to try to shut that whole thing down. And you're an idiot. Ah! At the tone, the time will be 26 Railroad. The zip code famous Michael Graff Show. Oh, that's what gay is? Oh, yeah, I could totally get into that. The following program is in the hands of a guy whose professional and personal lives are about as depressing as the idea of Donald Trump with access to the nuclear codes. From his exile in the urban desert, it's the zip code famous Michael Graff Show. We are back. I promised yet another show, and, well, of course, I always deliver. Eh, you know, usually, typically, sometimes. It's the zip code famous Michael Graff show on a Friday the 13th of July 2018. And we're off and rolling again. Although I wasn't almost here this week, we had some really strong thunderstorms, you know, in the heart of our monsoon season now, really getting going. We had a good one in here on Monday. Strong damaging winds. Big wall of blowing dust. One of those 2,000-foot-high, 30-mile-long walls of blowing dust rolled through the valley. And then really strong storm afterwards dumped plenty of rain, some hail. Tree got blown into a lady's house, this 75-year-old disabled woman. That was a real gut-wrenching story. She was pretty badly injured. A branch went right through her leg, and her house is completely destroyed. Obviously, the family has no idea how they're going to get this house taken care of. They don't know what they're going to do about that. They're going to have to raise money to get the house rebuilt. I mean, the, the thing is just a total loss. The tree just went right through And then during that whole thing, there's a fire over at a Safeway in the West Valley. There's a microburst evidently hits this Safeway and somehow lights the place on fire. And this, of course, causes the roof to go in. Uh, Those Safeways are built. Most grocery stores in general have a very interesting construction. The the exterior, the, the outsides, the perimeter of them, apparently very strong. The roof, not so much. So the roof comes caving in. And remarkably, no one is injured or killed in this. But firefighters go in, they run into this place. Now, keep in mind, there's a storm going on, there's wind, there's fire, there's water. It's, you, you have no idea what's going to happen there. And I think it was about 20 years ago or so, there was that Brett Tarver. He was a firefighter that was killed running into a similar situation. Roof on fire, it collapses on him, he dies. A big deal in the Phoenix area. Anyway... So firefighters, even if you're a young guy, you got to keep that in the back of your mind. I know they say that they don't think about that stuff. They just do. They just run in there, which is unbelievable in its own right. But this, these firemen go in there and t- they take care of this thing. But the Safeway is a total loss. I don't know. I don't know what you do with any of the, 
the stuff that didn't get crushed, but I imagine that pretty much is just a, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars in damage that is. So that was another remarkable thing. And then, uh, of course, there's flash flooding and all that. And then Tuesday, we had another round that hit some parts of the valley. Uh, here where I am, I, I got a good rain on Monday and then pretty much nothing the rest of the time. But um, So there was the wild week weather-wise. And on top of everything else, of course, then because it rains, then it gets super humid here. And those people that say that it's a dry heat in Phoenix in the summer, you just want to punch them because, number one, it's... It's not. If you've ever been to Phoenix in July or August or early September, it is usually, most of the time, it is not dry. It is, it's pretty disgustingly muggy and very hot here. So, and no further evidence of that than Thursday when going to lunch with a friend. I mean, you had to cut the air with a knife. It was just, what my dad used to call, it was close out there. It was very, um, it was just nasty. Anyway, a bit of breaking news. Well, not really breaking news, but, you know. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? This is a Michael Graff Show news alert. In news that surprises absolutely nobody, 12 Russian intelligence officers hacked into the Democrat National Committee and the Clinton campaign in the run-up to the 2016 election. This according to an indictment. That has now been brought by a grand jury. Of course, they hacked into tens of thousands of stolen communications in a brazen effort to influence the presidential election back in 2016. And of course, we all know about that. They hacked John Podesta's email. He was one of the main people targeted in all of this. And uh, really exposed a lot of things going on in the, Demo- in the Democratic Party. Stuff that happens in all campaigns, in all parties, incidentally. But this was uh, a big deal. Now, did this really affect the outcome of the, of the 2016 election? There's no evidence here. There's no... The indictment does not allege that they actually uh, rigged votes or that they actually cast votes or otherwise meddled in the voting process itself. But they did, um, they, of course, got all these email accounts. They certainly hacked into Facebook, got a bunch of Facebook accounts, put up a bunch of fake news and fake articles and all this kind of stuff, and, and a lot of propaganda. So there was that. Now, of course, the Kremlin denies anything about this. Quote, the Russian state has never intended and has no intention of interfering in U.S. elections. That's what they say, but, well, the evidence would suggest otherwise. Now, this doesn't mean that Donald Trump himself was involved in this. This doesn't mean that Donald Trump knows anything about it, but, boy, oh, boy, everything, the house of cards is really collapsing here, and it sure looks suspicious, doesn't it? I mean, even, and I try to play this as down the middle as I possibly can. I mean, we all know my thoughts on Donald Trump. We all know my thoughts on Hillary Clinton. Hate them both. Couldn't stand either one of them. Still can't stand Donald Trump, but I just, uh, you know, you got to at least look at this, even if you're looking at it clearly objectively, even if you were a fan of Donald Trump. Well, the Trump supporters will never admit this, but no matter what, this looks bad. And how soon before one of these 12 intelligence officials that they have arrested rolls on other guys? 
how soon before we start to get even deeper into this? Because we already have former Trump staff, and you have to be very careful in how you word this because Donald Trump will probably sue you. First of all, former staff, I didn't even know about these guys. I hired these people, I guess, or somebody in my organization hired them. I had nothing to do with it. They worked for me for like 15 minutes. That's what he says about anybody that's been into They worked for me for like 20 minutes, that's it. Meanwhile, they worked for him for like years. But, um, you know, you know, this is the thing. Um, it's looking really bad for the president right now. And I know this makes a lot of people happy. I still say the president will not be impeached. Uh, the president will not have any repercussions of this. And I'm going to tell you right now, his approval ratings keep going up. And there is a very good chance that he gets reelected in 2020. And it depends on who the Democrats run against him. But I'm telling you right now, there's no way... <laughs> There's no way it's not a close race in 2020. As bad as Donald Trump has been, and boy, what a disaster. As bad as he has been, um, the approval numbers keep going up. It's crazy. So uh, obviously they got a bunch of uh, Facebook accounts and email accounts and, you know, spreading all that. So the, the accusations are lengthy here. Enough for a grand jury indictment, so... After the indictments were announced, by the way, top Senate Democrat Chuck Schumer, he wanted to call in, he called on Trump to cancel his meeting with Vladimir Putin until Russia takes steps to prove that it won't interfere in future elections. Meanwhile, others are calling on Donald Trump to call out Putin on all of his bull crap, and they want him to uh, actually ask him directly about this and see what he has to say. Um, of course, still more think that, of course, he knows what happened because he and Vladimir Putin were in regular communication. Oh, Don, nice to see you again. Good to have you back here in Moscow. Got your hookers. Uh, you know, beds are covered with plastic all ready for you to go. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Real, doing me a real solid. Really hard to get hookers right now in, in the U.S. Got paparazzi following me around everywhere. Lots of pops. Lots of pappies. They're following me all over the place. You know, can't even, I can't even go around picking up hookers anymore. Can't even do it. You know, it's like, like when you're the president, people just follow your every step. It's really difficult. I don't know how you do it. I just kill people that write bad things about me. That's the other thing. Uh, earlier, you know, he talked about uh, Putin not being that bad of a guy earlier this week. You know, he's not really that bad. Not really that bad of a guy. Meanwhile, of course, Putin is connected with having a lot of people killed that have been his opponents through the years. People that have written disagreeable things about him. Uh, even journalists. Uh, it, you know, Vladimir Putin. Now, I don't think it's a bad thing for us to necessarily be allies with Russia. I don't think it's bad to be in their good graces, so to speak. And Donald Trump claims that he's going to ask about Syria and Iran and all the other nonsense that's going on over there. But I think at the end of the day, we all know what that's going to amount to, and that's nothing. Um, because that's the nature of this administration, and who knows just how close he is with Putin. And maybe, maybe Donald Trump really didn't have anything to do with it. I mean, do you think, here's the thing, it's just, it's the George Bush syndrome all over again. You know, people always made these accusations that George Bush knew about 9-11 or he was part of the conspiracy. The conspiracy theorists will tell you that he was in on it. But then the, the same people will turn around and tell you that he's the dumbest guy ever. And it's like, which one is it? Is he either the greatest 
mastermind in the history of the United States that can manipulate everything in such a way to set up this perfect terrorist attack so that we can go in and take out Saddam Hussein and have a perfect pretext for war? Or is he the biggest dumbass ever? The same thing with Donald Trump. Is he such a smart guy that he would be able to orchestrate this grand conspiracy with the Russians? Or is it just that the Russians wanted him to be president because they'd rather deal with him uh, than Hillary Clinton. And maybe they kind of gave him a heads up, but I don't know. I really don't know what the reason is. I don't know everything about it. Maybe it's kind of a little of column A and a little of column B. You know, Donald Trump has done business over in Russia before. He probably has uh, some financial stake over there. And maybe Vladimir Putin just said, you know, probably probably be a lot easier to deal with Mr. Trump than stupid uh, Hillary Clinton. Why would want to deal with her? She looks like uh, she looks like Russian bear. She looks I don't want to deal with that. No, no, thank you. And of course, a lot of this is tied in with social media. And I really don't understand why it is that so many people get their news and information from Facebook and from Twitter and everywhere else. But. Uh, you know, that became a, a really big talking point about all this, too, is, well, think about all the uh, think about how this is influencing social media and how social media influences people's thoughts. And that could have influenced the election. And I'm thinking if you let your political opinions be swayed because of, you know, uh, Rob Smith in Indiana told you to support Donald Trump, I, I think you've got a real problem. Yeah, but you don't get it, Mike. See, they, it's social engineering. and No, I get it. I understand what social engineering is. I understand it very well. It's just that, um, and I get that we have a lot of dumbasses in this country. I mean, we are almost literally living in the movie Idiocracy. We are almost at that point. It is becoming clearer and clearer every day. So I'm not blind to this fact, okay? I, I do understand how it can influence. I'm just bewildered that so many people get their information from social media and so many people let social media influence them in such a way. And it's not just presidential politics either. It's a lot of things. It's the social justice, so to speak, that's out there. People use social media as a way to just get the troops fired up, so to speak, get everyone rallied around some cause and everybody's got a cause now for which they want to be fired up and go after somebody else and uh, I don't know. I know I sound like an old curmudgeon when I talk about social media, but uh, and, and I use it and it, it does have a purpose and I like it for a lot of reasons. And it's not all negative. It's just that it there is definitely an influential aspect of it that um, that clearly those especially weak minded individuals let it influence their decisions on politics let them fire it up people just don't go out and research anything they'll see an article and, and they'll assume that it's factual no matter what it is if it's posted on social media twitter facebook whatever they'll just assume that it's true so i can see why these guys are indicted i can see why people say that this is a big deal i understand that and um i don't know social media to me is just uh, it should just be used as a as a means to I don't know, post pictures of your food. Whatever happened to that? Just putting your pictures of your food up there. Or uh, I got some new sunglasses today. Why not just use it to post bull crap and memes? That's all social. My feed is just nothing but people posting their memes, which I'm tired of seeing. I, I know you think you're clever because you post 10 memes a day. There's There's one person on my social media that literally just posts nothing but memes. And it's 
50 of them. It's not like one and you go, oh, okay, that's funny. It's like 50 of them. And they're like, being a mom, be like, and then it shows a picture of somebody running around in circles constant or whatever. And it's just, come on, stop. Just stop. Stop with the memes. Oy. Social media. So people let Facebook influence them far too much. Speaking of Facebook, this is, uh, I didn't want to bring this up to later in the show, but we're talking about it anyway. Uh, there was a woman by the name of Pamela Alarabi who killed herself on Facebook. This is a couple of weeks ago. And this is a really sad story. And, you know, there's just been so much talk about suicide lately and uh, how social media influences people. Well, this is one where she apparently was going through a tough divorce. 49-year-old lady. Bad divorce, other problems, depression. She posted a bunch of cryptic messages through the day. And can we please stop with that? If we could just all, and I've done it too, so let's just all make a pact here and now, here on July 13th, 2018, to stop posting cryptic messages. If you have something to say, just say it directly. I understand. There's a, a lot of people love to, you know, go, oh, I'm just having a real bad case of the Mondays. Oh, something really got me down today, guys. I gotta, just gotta decompress. And then, of course, you do that so you can, so people can go, what's wrong? What's, what's happening? I don't know how to put it into words. We've all done it. I've done it too. I get it. But can we all just agree to stop doing that? Please. Please. And we, we all know people that do that. That's all they ever do. So maybe we can stop doing that. Anyway, back to this story. She posted a bunch of these cryptic messages. Then she posted an image of herself apparently attempting suicide. So that <laughs> there is nothing more disturbing than that uh, if you ever see somebody doing that. Now, I've, you know, I, there is a very famous story of a guy doing it live on IRC about 15 years ago. He wasn't really trying to kill himself. He was just... He was taking a bunch of drugs and stuff. He was just doing a bunch of crazy stuff, and then it wound up just killing him. He was clearly trying to push the envelope there, and uh, I remember seeing that. That was nuts. But this one is is crazy, too. I mean, this woman just posted, and, and of course, it was public, so not, not only could her friends and Facebook friends and family see it, but anybody that happened to be going by her page would have seen this image, and... I bring this up because of the influence that Facebook has. I bring it up also because her friends and family went over there to try and, and save her. Uh, you know, this is one of those things where anytime somebody is talking about suicide publicly, they're usually doing it as a cry for help. They just want to be heard. They want somebody to pay attention to them. They want to feel like they mean something to somebody. I get it. Uh, many of us who have ever been depressed in our lives, maybe we don't ever feel completely suicidal, but we feel down enough to where we just want to be heard. We want somebody to listen. You want somebody to, to give a crap about you. That's clearly where this woman was, probably well beyond that point, if she's willing to take her own life, which she wound up doing. The family didn't get there in time. So that's a terrible story. And the other reason I mention this is because Facebook left the picture up there for weeks. It took them weeks to get this down. It was only until this week. She did this on June 22nd. Only uh, earlier this week did Facebook finally take the image down. You know, Facebook, who's all about community standards. Um, even I got hit with the... Uh, I got hit with a, a, a Facebook warning 
a couple of weeks ago because I can't help myself. Sometimes I see these posts. My friends participate in some of these posts, and then I, so of course they come up on my feed. I said something, and I it was so innocuous that I, even I got a Facebook warning, which I don't care about. I don't. I wouldn't even care if I got banned from Facebook. What the hell difference does it even make? But uh, while I'm still around, you can go to my Facebook page, The Michael Grav Show, or, you know, friend me on Facebook or whatever you want to do. <laughs> I go, I do the entire Facebook rant, and then I say, why don't you go ahead and check out my Facebook page? <laughs> uh, I don't hate social media. I know every time I do these rants, people think I hate social media. I just think that it is far too overused, and people just let it have too much of an influence on them, and they shouldn't. That's my point in all of this. And that's why I think, you know, we are to blame. The American citizens are to blame for the outcome of the 2016 presidential election, not Facebook. We let Facebook have that power. We let Twitter have that power. And yes, I do think these 12 guys from Russia that have been indicted, I think they should probably spend some time in jail. They hacked. They dispensed information, uh, private information, confidential information, uh, they went, um, I mean, there's there's a ton of crimes here uh, to throw the book at them for. So, and I hope that they do. I just think that the American citizens bear culpability as well. All right. Uh, we got a busy show here. A lot still to get to. Let's see the pop chart segment with a twist today. Because if I just did the straight pop chart where we look at the top 10 songs, uh, well, many of them would be Drake and nobody wants to hear that. So that's a tease in and of itself for an upcoming segment. We've got the song of the day. We've got all the usual features and a whole lot more to get to, which we will in just a moment. It's a Friday. We'll be back. We've been doing fake news since before it was cool. It's the zip code famous Michael Groff Show. state legislator first of all you can make as many dumb decisions as you want nobody says anything you're pretty much especially if you're a republican you're pretty much guaranteed to be in the legislator as long as you want as long as you don't do anything too stupid now i don't know if this falls into the category of too stupid but we had a legislator here this week that found himself in some trouble because he got pulled over by a cop for doing 97 in a 55 This guy, Paul Mosley, he is a Republican state legislator here in Arizona. And yeah, he got busted by a cop for doing 97 and a 55. But then he bragged to the officer saying, oh, that's nothing, man. I I sometimes go 120, 130, even 140 miles an hour. There's even body cam footage, audio of this exchange. Now, the audio is kind of bad because it was outside, it was windy, but uh, here's a little bit of that. You were driving 130 earlier, you said? 
Yeah, I, I go 130, 140, 120. Yeah, I come down, I, then I was going 120 almost. You know, if there was no traffic. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I go 120, 140, whatever, doesn't matter. And the reason that he can do this and get away with it, he did not get a ticket, of course, because he can't, because he let the officer know that he's a legislator in the state of Arizona. And our constitution in this state says that you cannot give legislators, uh, you cannot arrest them, you cannot ticket them. Any sort of misdemeanors like this, they can't be busted. They are immune. They have legislative immunity, according to our constitution. And the police know that, everybody knows that, and especially the legislators know that, so they can get away with this crap, and then they can even brag about it. So, even though they're lawmakers, they make the laws that don't apply to themselves. That's beautiful. J.D. Mesnard is the Speaker of the House here in Arizona. Now, he says that he was absolutely disturbed, appalled, shocked by what you just heard there and what he saw in this footage and by the fact that a legislator would be so brazen to just openly brag about blatantly breaking the law like this. And incidentally, J.D. Mesnard, this is not the first time he has had to either apologize for or otherwise discuss people within his own party in this legislative body doing really dumb or egregious things. I don't think I'm really stepping out on a limb here and saying that the Arizona legislative body has got to be the craziest in the country. We have some of the biggest dumbasses here in this state of anywhere. For example, a few months back, there was a guy, uh, a representative from Yavapai County, David Stringer, who said there's too many minorities in our public schools. There's not enough white kids out there. Uh, so there was that. We had the guy, Don Shooter, uh, who was um, well accused of and there was quite a bit of evidence that he sexually harassed at least as many as nine women and then tried to blackmail a couple of them by saying, hey, if you say anything about what I've done, I'm just going to go ahead and let everybody else know all the things you've been up to, uh, all the infidelity that you've had in the legislature. Apparently, he did have sex with a couple of people in the office, I don't know. Look, he was just a weird guy, accused of all sorts of unethical behavior. No one accused him of rape, necessarily, but just about everything else leading up to that. And there was enough accusations to where they finally said, look, man, uh, it's enough already. We've seen this song and dance uh, just a little bit too often from you. So, you're out. But, yeah, so he's, um, and he's running for office again. And there's a very good chance that he'll win. Because if you're a Republican in the state of Arizona, you have a really good chance of becoming a, at the very least, you can get into the state uh, legislature. That's pretty easy to do. As long as you're a Republican, as long as you say the right things, uh, as long as you're, you know, very much anti-immigration, pro-gun, and wacky. You've got to be crazy, too, though. You can't just be a regular Republican. You have to be, like, way out there. Maybe not necessarily Trump Republican, but you've got to be, you got to have your own brand of insane to be in our legislature in the state of Arizona. And Representative Mosley has come out and said that he apologizes for what he did and for speeding and for bragging about it or whatever. Uh, I'm sure he's still going to do it. He's not going to lose his job, nor should he, I suppose, because we have this provision in our state constitution. And the reason that we have that provision in the first place, I know some of you are probably asking, why the hell would you have legislative immunity? Well, it's because 
while the legislature is in session, they don't want any specific individual to be held up from participating in a vote in case any shenanigans go on to try and stop someone from um, voting on a bill. You know, you, you maybe arrest someone before they get to the Capitol building. Maybe you trump up a charge, whatever. Uh, so they have legislative immunity to prevent that from happening. So that's the spirit of it. But here's the thing. The legislature is not in session right now. In fact, it's only in session for a couple of months a year. These guys aren't paid very much. They have regular jobs doing other things throughout the year. They only convene, again, a couple of months throughout the year. So um, when you think about it, yeah, I understand why it's there. And uh, I guess the guy figures, well, the taxpayers aren't really paying us that much. I might as well take advantage of some of the perks, right? So that's... um, so. Paul Mosley, that's interesting. These 2018 elections are going to be interesting, especially because now there's new information out about voter registration numbers. And in states where you are forced to register to participate in a primary, in other words, states that don't have open primaries. Now, believe it or not, some states have open primaries where you can participate in a primary without being uh, a member of that party's Primary. So, in other words, a Democrat could participate in a Republican primary uh, in some states. But in states where you do have to register for a specific uh, primary, they're noticing now that, uh, well, they say here 40% of registered voters now are Democrat, 29% Republican, 28% Independent, and the remaining about 4% or so, 4 or 5% are um, Independent or other. So... You know, I have said for a while, I don't think the 2018 midterms are going to be as overwhelming in favor of the Democrats as people would like you to believe. That said, I do think there's going to be a power shift. Um, I think that the, the House may very well drift back either very close to, if not leaning back toward the left, back toward the Democrats. The Senate could go Democrat. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as much of a landslide victory as the left thinks, but I do think that there's going to be a shift. And people are saying, oh, what about, it's the young people, Mike. The young people are going to be turning. Look, the young people aren't going to turn out. But, you know, it's the usual cycle in this country. People get tired of the Republicans, so they vote in the Democrats. And they get tired of the Democrats after a few years, they vote in the Republicans. They get the same two parties. You know, it's the same rant I do all the time when we talk about this. So it's the pendulum. It's going to go back and forth. And, you know, it's about time for it to go back toward the Democrats. And that's what's going to happen. So we will see. And we'll see what the end result of that is. My campaign still is uh, vote every incumbent out. Just get rid of all of them. Just get rid of all the incumbents. They're all incompetent. They're all doing a terrible job. Uh, The results speak for themselves. Uh, And that includes in 2020, you're going to want to get rid of the the big incumbent, Mr. Orange himself, uh, Donald Trump. You're going to want to get that guy out. But there is a very good chance he wins. And I want to keep telling you that because even though everyone in the audience, when I say that, shakes their head, I know you're doing it right now when I say that. He's got a legit chance to win. He really does. Just let that sink in. He ver- Especially if the Democrat... I heard, I heard that even Hillary Clinton could run again. Good God, if Hillary Clinton runs again, it would be the same bloodbath it was before. It's going to be back and forth, and she'll lose again. And I keep hearing names like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and 
Look, I'm sure Bernie Sanders will have the election rigged against him again if he runs as a Democrat or if he runs because, well, the system, they don't want him to get in there. They don't want him to change the system. The Democrats and Republicans are very happy with the way things are now. And the reason that they didn't want him to win before and that they spent so much effort rigging everything up in favor of Hillary Clinton was because uh, Bernie Sanders and I definitely agree on this point. The system is broken. Uh, It favors those that spend the most money. It always has. It always will. And somebody like Bernie would want to come in there and change that. They'd want to do some sort of uh, campaign reform, some type of free election set up, or some type of situation where there's a limit to how much money you can spend something to even out the playing field. Now, there's no way to ever realistically do that, I don't think, at least not in the system that we have. But he, he wants that changed. And there's no way that either one of the two major parties want that. So uh, he would have no shot at ever winning, I think. Um, at least not the way it's currently set up. No. Speaking of Bernie Sanders, he's not very happy with Disney CEO Bob Iger for some reason that I'm not entirely sure about. Um, well, I mean, I, I get why he's upset, but I don't know why he goes after him specifically and does it so frequently. But anyway, uh, in a tweet the other day, Sanders writes, quote, does Disney CEO Bob Iger have a good explanation for why he's being compensated more than $400 million while workers at Disneyland are homeless and relying on food stamps to feed their families. Well, first of all, I don't think people that work at Disneyland are homeless. Uh, But I would say that if you're a worker at Disneyland, yeah, you're probably not getting paid a a, a whole lot of money. It's probably not a high-paying gig. Much in the same way that working at McDonald's is not a high-paying gig. Um, And the reason is because to work at Disneyland, and I could be very wrong about this, and I may sound like I'm coming across as insensitive here, but uh, I'm pretty sure that working at Disneyland is not something that you go to college for. I'm pretty sure that it's not a four-year degree to operate the turnstiles or or be a ticket taker or or be a cashier, and I'm not putting those jobs down. Uh, I wouldn't want to do them because that means working with the public, and working with the public is a, a horrible job. It's Anytime you have to have interaction with the public in a serving capacity or in a customer service capacity, it sucks. It does. Why does he get $400 million for running a corporation and the people that are taking tickets get $10 an hour and have to be on government assistance? It's terrible. And you know what? Maybe it is terrible. And maybe it does suck. And you know what? Life isn't fair, Bernie. And I... I uh, I understand that. And you know what? $400 million is excessive. Probably, I don't think there's anybody on earth that's really worth that kind of money. So I, I hear you in a way. But at the same time, let's be real. If you're working at Disneyland, that's not exactly a career. Just like working at McDonald's, for the most part, is not a career. You know, it is, it's a stepping stone. It's something that you do if you really have to, if you really need some, some cash because something is better than nothing. If you really do need some cash, then yeah, I guess you work there. But the thing is, is nobody goes to college for four years to work at Disneyland or to work at McDonald's. So uh, should he share the wealth a little bit? Should he pay out his employees a little bit more? Uh, Should that happen? Yeah, I guess so. But that's the way it goes. You know, I don't hear you going after the, the dude from Facebook. I don't hear you going after Mark Zuckerberg. He makes $400 million. Zuckerberg made that 
yesterday. Zuck's worth billions of dollars. The guy at Amazon, Jeff Bezos, he's the richest guy in America. I think he's the richest guy in the world. He's worth like $140 billion. $140 billion. So I don't know why you're... I don't know why you're singling out Bob Iger. I mean, there's a lot of pretty terrible, uh, egregious salaries well beyond that. And, you know, they don't pay people at Amazon anything. And I'm not sitting here and advocating that we pay people at Amazon $30 an hour for operating a conveyor belt or for delivering packages to people. Um, But I do believe that people should be paid a, a living wage. I believe in that, sure. But what does that constitute? What is a living wage? That definition is very different in different parts of the country. $15 an hour in Los Angeles is nothing. That's garbage. $15 an hour in Lincoln, Nebraska, you're probably the second richest guy there. There's a huge difference in the two. $32,000 a year in Iowa is a hell of a lot better than $32,000 a year in Miami, Florida. That's just the reality of it. I don't know what constitutes a living wage for everybody, but I don't know. $15 an hour does seem a little bit, uh, seems a little on the high side, don't you? Especially because minimum wage jobs, for the most part, are low skill, you know, sort of stepping stone, or they're not career jobs. They're jobs you get as a kid or as uh, as a 68-year-old woman because Social Security is garbage. Um, you... You work your whole life and people on minimum wage make more than people that get Social Security, which is another joke and another story for another day on this show. I'm still a little perplexed why Bernie Sanders is so against Bob Iger, of all people. I mean, I get it. Yeah, he's a CEO. And I'm not saying that he's necessarily wrong for questioning the $400 million when other people get garbage. I'm just saying that's that's a weird target. I go after Walt Disney. And the Disney Corporation, because they have a history of hating Jews. Maybe that's the deal. I have no idea. If Bernie Sanders is really going to go after anybody, maybe he should have gone after the uh, founder and I guess former CEO now of Papa John's, this John Schnatter. Have you heard about this guy? Now, this was something that happened two months ago that is only coming out now. And it only hit the fan now, which leads me to believe that somebody in, in this meeting held on to this, and just decided to bring it out later on. But uh, anyway, so they're having a meeting, John Schnatter and some of the other board members there, about Papa John's PR and how bad it's going for them. Now remember, Papa John's was affiliated with the NFL, and the NFL definitely took a hit ratings-wise last season because of the taking a knee thing, the national anthem controversy. You know all that. And even though I don't think Papa John's really saw any substantial decrease in their revenues, they just decided, you know, we got to we got to do something to improve our PR. And John Schnatter during this meeting is saying, well, listen, uh, I, I don't think our PR is going to be hurt too badly by this. After all, Colonel Sanders used to call people and they're still doing all right, which is true. Colonel Sanders was a terrible racist. You know, it's it, the guy owned a plantation, for God's sake. It's not like John Schnatter was in that meeting going, Gentlemen, we have to figure out how we can sell more pizzas to n****s. But of course, any time in today's social climate that you discuss race and you're not the most sensitive possible 
and you use a, a term, even if you're saying it as a way to describe what somebody else actually said. Thus, I ironically use the beeps there. Anytime you have this conversation, you know, it inevitably you have to be super sensitive about it. And uh, you, anybody that's involved has to distance themselves as much as possible, which is why Major League Baseball, as soon as this story came out, now keeping in mind this is something that happened two months ago, and only now people are finding out about it. And of course, people are having a freakout fest about it. Major League Baseball is like, well, uh, uh, we've got to get rid of our Papa Slam promotion. We're gonna, we're gonna make that go away. The Florida Marlins or the Miami Marlins had a tie with Papa John's as well. They had other sponsorship deals that they have since suspended. And everybody is distancing themselves. Even though the guy resigned, people still have to make sure that they, we just don't condone that type. It's not like the guy was malicious. And I think anytime we have a discussion about race or potential racism, you always have to look at it through the prism of intent. Was the guy trying to be outrageous and offensive and hurtful? No, the context was not that at all, but you can't talk about that anymore today. You just, you have to automatically assume everybody's a racist and you have to assume that everybody has the worst intentions and you have to freak out as much as possible and you have to let everybody know on social media you're freaking out and you have to say boycott this and boycott that because if you don't, it at you, you are... Uh, by doing that, if you don't freak out and have a complete meltdown, it looks like you're condoning the behavior. And I would say if the guy was being a racist, if he said, uh, listen, uh, we're just not going to sell pizzas to those anymore, then I'd say go ahead, have your boycott, have your protest, do whatever you got to do. Make sure that you let the guy know that his behavior is not acceptable. But that's not what happened here. But everybody's got to have their cause and their purpose. And again, if the guy it was racist, if it comes out that he said other things that make him uh, racist or that he um, feels a certain way about specific races or groups of people, then absolutely go ahead and crucify the dude. And I'll be right there with you. Totally. But that's not what it sounds like was the case here. Just poor choice of words. Now... I'll say this, if you're the CEO of a company, you've got to be smarter than that. You've got to just use the, the most careful language possible. Unless you're Donald Trump, then it doesn't matter. You can say whatever the hell you want and you can get away with it. By the way, I just want to make this very clear. I would not sell pizzas to those dirty n****s either. I just like that the media prints out the N dash 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 S and the the N word and they have to write it like that because we're just so afraid of race and we're so afraid of just having an honest and open discussion about things in this country. It's a very, very strange time that we're in right now. Look, if you want a real example of racism, just look at the White House. <laughs> look at that guy. Donald Trump is clearly, I don't know how racist the guy is, but he's, he definitely does not like, I don't know about black people, but he doesn't like Mexicans or he doesn't like Hispanic people. We kind of know that. We're sort of getting that message. And he's sexist. Well, we know that too. That's very obvious. Uh, so there's an example of somebody with bad intent. The Papa John's guy, probably not. So you can compare and contrast it to. If ever you have to ask if someone is racist, just compare them to Donald Trump and you'll see. You'll see. That's, that's a real poster child for bad behavior. And on a somewhat related story, the fringe has definitely won in our country. The so-called silent majority, well, being the silent majority, you have definitely made it so that the fringe has come in and made themselves at home. 
And that's how guys like Donald Trump became the president of the United States. But when I say the fringe is one, I mean well beyond even that. So Zac Efron posted a picture of himself with dreadlocks on Instagram the other day. Now, of course, the first thing I had to do was say, who the hell is Zac Efron? Because I know you're going to laugh at me, but I don't know who the hell that is. I knew he was an actor, but I have no idea where I've ever seen him before. And I've heard the name before, but I just didn't know. So anyway, uh, this is why I didn't know who he was. Uh, he was in the High School Musical franchise from 2006 to 2008. Never saw that. Uh, he was also in the film Hairspray. Nope, never saw that. 17 again. Nope. He was in New Year's Eve. Never saw that. The Lucky One. No. The Paperboy. No. Neighbors. No. Dirty Grandpa. Hey, I saw that in the theater. Me and 12 other people, I think. <laughs> That's about it. Two of them were my friends. Uh, actually saw that in the theater. I know. Very, very strange. Because um, why would I admit that, number one? And number two, who the hell would go and see that of all the movies? But I saw it. I laughed at it. What? Judge me. Go on. I dare you. Uh, Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising. No, never saw that. Baywatch. Nope, didn't see that. I saw the show in the 80s. I hated that one, too. But Baywatch. No, didn't see that. Uh, the Greatest Showman. No, did not see that. So, okay, Zach Efron. I guess he's a big deal. I don't know. Anyway, on his Instagram, he posts a picture of himself with dreadlocks. Uh, people crucify him. One user writes, quote, I just reported this photo. Oof, wearing dreads is a bad idea for someone like you. I hope your publicist is ready. Somebody else said that he was uh, engaging in cultural appropriation. Man, that is a term I'd like to hear a whole lot less of going forward. Those are the words of 2018 so far, aren't they? Cultural appropriation. What's ironic about it is that cultural appropriation is usually used to describe something that is commonly associated with one culture that a, somebody of another culture is doing. So, like, it's okay for one group of people to do something that is commonly associated with a culture, but if another group does that, then it's somehow wrong. That's weird. It's like if I enjoy something from another culture and I'm doing it, that doesn't make me racist. That actually means I'm embracing that culture. That actually means I... I I like that culture so much. It's like how people are into anime or no, you can't be into anime because uh, that's cultural appropriation. They're, that's only okay for Japanese people to like anime. The very fact that you would watch that, that means that you must hate Japanese people or you're demeaning them somehow. Oh, is that all Japanese people are to you is anime? And if you think I'm crazy for bringing this up, again, this story about the kid being told in school that he can't use chopsticks to eat lunch because that's cultural appropriation. That is an example of how the fringe has won. Now, again, let's not confuse cultural appropriation with racism. Racism is wrong. It's bad. Uh, yeah, I, That part we can agree on, at least most of us who aren't waving a Confederate flag around. We can agree that to that. But... You know, if the guy was, if the kid was take, taking his chopsticks and walking around the school going, oh, look at me. Okay, then you could say, yeah, come on, dude, settle down with that. But I don't know, man, embracing cultures, I thought that that's what we were supposed to be doing. And incidentally, bringing it back to the Zac Efron thing, they're saying that he's culturally appropriating black culture by wearing dreadlocks, which is weird because dreadlocks don't originate from black culture. They actually originate from ancient Greece and Egypt and India more than 3,600 years ago. And my point about all this is that there is not one single culture that owns any one specific thing. Uh, we're all people. We've all done different things. We all borrow from each other's culture. And you know what? As long as you're not 
intent on doing harm to somebody, as long as your intention is to not be a dick or a complete douche, who cares? And you know what? Maybe Zac Efron's just doing it to get attention, which is probably what any celebrity does. And um, so what, though? So what? If you can use it as a learning experience, if you can use it as a tool like that, and you know that the guy's probably not just out there being racist or, or completely insensitive, then big deal. And you know what? If you've got enough time to where you can concern yourself with what Zac Efron is doing and you can make a big deal about it, then clearly you don't have enough to do with your life and you need to examine what's going on with yourself. That's just ridiculous. Oh, but he's borrowing from other cultures. He's terrible. This is it's the worst thing ever. There's a lot bigger problems to worry about in the world. Settle it down. Dial it down a bit. If you really want to get fired up about something, never mind what celebrities are up to or cultural appropriation or any of this stuff, how about what the major media conglomerates or the cell phone providers are up to? Now in this era of deregulation, they have a story here about Sprint and T-Mobile. They're planning to merge. and uh, Sprint is already kind of in some controversy because they're redefining their unlimited data plan. All the cell phone carriers are doing this in the midst of the mergers. And if you think that all these cell phone companies and internet service providers merging together somehow helps you as the consumer, well, I think you're sadly mistaken. And one really just basic example is when I'm reading through these unlimited plans that these cell phone companies provide. I like to think of myself as a relatively smart individual, at least somebody that... Uh, well, book smarts, I suppose. I was able to get through college. I got a couple of degrees out of it. I figured that I know my way around how to read, how to do some book learning, how to read me a contract from them, their cell phone companies. Apparently not, though. All right, now see if you can follow along with this. Maybe I'm just way off on this whole thing. All right, the first is the $60 unlimited basic plan. Now, I don't know how you can have unlimited basic. I thought you either have limited or unlimited data, but whatever, that's neither here nor there. Anyway, the first is the unlimited basic plan, which costs the same as unlimited freedom. Oh boy, here we go with the uh, semantics. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's this. Uh, which costs the same as unlimited freedom, but reduces hotspot capabilities to 500 megabytes and reduces video streams to standard definition. It also comes with Hulu and 5 gigabytes of roaming data in Canada and Mexico. The second line costs $40 and the subsequent fees are $20 per month per line. Unlimited Plus, on the other hand, starts at $70 a line and includes 1080p streaming, 15 gigabytes of mobile hotspot data, Hulu, Tidal, and 10 gigabytes of data roaming in Canada and Mexico. A second line costs $50 and the following lines are $30. Like, how can you keep track of this crap? Man. Like, I got tired reading that. I can only imagine what the commercials for that. They probably sound just like that. They probably have that same music going in the background. <laughs> like, how, how does anyone... The price change signals the high times for the wireless bargain hunters are over. Well, yeah, of course, because they're all merging. Very soon, we're going to have one or maybe two cell phone companies to choose from. I mean, you might have a couple of your local providers. I know we, we you know, we have like Cricket Wireless, and there's a couple other ones. But for the most part, there's, um, I don't even know if Cricket Wireless is even around anymore. That's how out of it I, I I've had Verizon forever, and I'm all right with Verizon. It's not like I, I'm, I'm terribly disappointed with them, but it's just like, uh, I don't get how 
having less choice is better for the consumer. And I don't get why the massive deregulation on media companies, and I, I include cell phone providers as media companies, I don't get why the deregulation of media companies was ever a thing. TV, radio, cell phone providers, any communication or media company, that's it's a bad deal. We broke up the Bell Company because of that. Old Ma Bell, uh, AT&T, all that. You know, we had to break up all these phone companies because they were doing this stuff. Because a monopoly in the communication business is, well, it's kind of a bad thing. Oh, well, whatever. What would I know, right? Anyway, uh, let's take a break. <laughs> it's the zip code famous Michael Graff show, and we'll be back. Sadly, it's the best podcast available. You're listening, listening. You're listening to the zip code famous Michael Graff show. Show at gmail.com. That's our email and PayPal address. Groffshow at gmail.com. You can donate to our fine program and keep entertainment like this going because who wouldn't want to do that? Michael Groff on Twitter. The Michael Groff Show on Facebook. And for everything else Michael Groff related, it's the one and only michaelgroff.com where you can listen to this show and archives of this show. And you can immerse yourself in the culture of this show. And I don't care if you culturally appropriate me or not. How about that? Yes, that's the one and only michaelgroff.com. Who knows? Soon to be a major porn site. I got to make that dollar somehow. Is the World Cup still going on or are we finally done with that garbage? I'm curious. I, like most of America, not following it. Why? Well, number one, because I don't like soccer. And number two, because even if I did, the United States isn't in it for reasons that I I finally, I had to break down. Um, I had to look it up. So uh, my smart-ass comment last week about there must have been some secret tournament to determine whether or not the U.S. was in the World Cup, that's actually correct. There was a secret tournament. Uh, it was not televised. Uh, they held a tournament, I don't know, several months ago, and uh, or I don't know, a year ago, and the U.S. did not qualify for the World Cup. Neither did Italy, neither did a bunch of other countries, which makes no sense. How do you have a World Cup and then you don't actually have all the teams in it, but whatever. Uh, that's our World Cup discussion, and once again, I can't believe we devoted any time to this at all, but uh, now, back with uh, your regularly scheduled life. 
and regularly scheduled sports discussion or discussion of anything else because who gives a damn about the world? That should be in our Who Gives a Fuck segment. All right, and unfortunately, from that topic, we have to transition into this. It's been a while, so I know. Get ready. Yes, it is time for us to take a look at what's happening on the pop chart. Now, normally I go through the either the most played songs on radio stations everywhere across the country, or we take a look at the Billboard uh, Hot 100 and run down the top 10. But um, we're not doing that this week for reasons I'll get into later. Uh, actually, we're going to do a little twist on the pop chart this week just to change it up. Let's take a look at the number one songs in... Various genres across the country. Now, first of all, number one on the pop chart. I'll, I'll give you the number ones from a few different categories. First of all, the number one song on the pop chart right now is by Drake. Here's a big surprise. This is called Nice For What? Without a follow, without a mention You really piping up on these niggas You gotta be nice for what to these niggas I understand, you gotta unadvance You gotta be You can work for Papa John's with that kind of talk Anyways, that's the number one song on the pop chart Drake, nice for what Number one in terms of the most radio airplay right now Belongs to Zed, Marin Morris, and Gray This is called The Middle oh, Featuring a ticking clock for some reason. How many times every two hours do you think radio stations play this song? Probably like four, four times. It's played like every half hour, 45 minutes, right? Easily pretty infectious i'll give it that all right the number one song on the adult contemporary chart oh it's our old friend taylor swift with delicate for the best my reputation's never been worse so he must like me for me we can't make any promises now can we be a vocoder how cool how edgy Number one on the country chart right now is Dan and Shay Tequila. I can still shut down the party. Uh, wait a minute. 
Sounds exactly like this. I'm sorry, but it's this is that you song. Are yeah. My fire, the one desire. Tell me that song does not sound like that. When I say I want it. Here, let's play this again. Here we go. Still shut down the party Desire I can hang with anybody Blah, blah I can drink whiskey and red wine Champagne all night Little scotch <laughs> on the rocks And I'm fine, I'm fine But when I taste the key Ah, current music is so innovative I never thought I'd see the day where people rip off the Backstreet Boys. I remember how bad I need you when I taste tequila. Okay. All right, number one on the alternative chart right now is, uh, and is this alternative airplay or the, well, whatever. Uh, it's two feet. I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm drowning. Oh, holding me down and Just for you. Oh my goodness! All right, well there you go. That's uh, that's all I can tolerate for now. That's a look at some number ones across the pop chart. I still maintain that the music from the seventies, eighties, or nineties, which is where a lot of these artists are stealing, borrowing, whatever they're taking their music from, I maintain that any song from that era can beat any number one song on the charts today. And I'm not just talking about the pop chart. I'm talking the pop, the country, the alternative, the radio airplay chart, any of the stuff that I just played for you, the adult contemporary chart, even the number 40 song in the top 40, or never mind that, the how about the Hot 100? Because the, the Hot 100, the number one there right now is Drake. And I hadn't even planned to do this, but I'll tell you what. Let's take the number 100 song from... I don't know. I'm just going to... 1987. I bet the number 100 song on this date is better than the current number one song. Let's see here. Just taking a look. I, I hope it's not something atrocious because that would really ruin my argument quite a bit. All right. Here it is. And actually, this is the perfect time to transition into this feature. The zip code famous Michael Groff Show. Song of the day. And as luck would have it, the number 100 song on this date in 1987, vastly superior to anything that we played on the pop chart from today. Beats the hell out of Taylor Swift, Dan and Shay, Drake, um, any of the other stuff that we played. It's Steve Winwood. The Finer Things, the number 100 song on this date in 1987. Take that current pop chart. 
It's the finer things, the number 100 song on this date in 1987. It's our song of the day, proving again that the pop chart today is terrible. Although I will say this, that uh, the song does not beat out every single number one. Um, 
Last week's song of the day, you might remember on our show, was Ghost with Rats. That's the current number one in the rock chart. And I would say that beats out Steve Winwood. So you see, modern music isn't all terrible, just an overwhelming majority of it. Who gives a news that the media wastes valuable newsprint megabytes and airtime reporting. Do you want me to give you my things I don't care about speech again? And the only question we're left asking is who gives a fuck? It's our ongoing effort to expand the demographics of this program and that's why I present you with stories that I may not care about and quite honestly many of you in this audience don't care about either but obviously we're in the minority because well this is stuff that's getting covered on Media outlets everywhere. It's a ubiquitous part of the culture. Music news, entertainment news, all that kind of stuff. And it fits neatly into this segment right here. And the reason that I didn't go through the pop chart in its entirety, the Hot 100 like I normally do, the top 10, is because, well, we'd be mostly hearing Drake as he has done something that no one other, well, not even the Beatles have done it. Drake is the first artist in history to have seven songs in the top 10 on the Hot 100 chart at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> the same time. So that's why we didn't bother with that. We just did the number ones. And uh, I don't know. I don't feel much better about doing that either. Kanye West. As if it doesn't get any worse. Kanye West, he is going to be teaming up with Chance the Rapper for his new album. I know. I, I don't care about that either. Moving on. Uh, I didn't even know that Kanye West, honestly, was still making music. I, I kind of thought that he had sort of disappeared. I thought that it had kind of all dried up and that uh, record companies didn't want to have anything to do with him and that fans weren't really all that interested anymore. But obviously... Chance the Rapper, who I've never heard of. I couldn't name a single song or a single rap or a whatever that he does. But clearly he's out there. All right. Speaking of, uh, every hot streak has to come to an end. And for ABC, that means Modern Family has not been nominated for an Emmy this year. Another show I've never seen a single episode. I have not even... Not even part of an episode. I haven't watched a sitcom since... Uh, well, here comes a pretty inside reference, but uh, I haven't watched a single sitcom since Seinfeld. Actually, that's not true. I tried to watch How I Met Your Mother and The Big Bang Theory. Couldn't get through it. I watched a couple of episodes of How I Met Your Mother, and I just... I didn't... I don't know. I was like, okay, and... Big Bang Theory, there's just no laughs to be had there. Well, Mike, you don't understand. See, it's it's witty comedy. It's very witty. Yeah, I, I like witty comedy. It wasn't witty. What about The Office, Mike? Didn't you like The Office? No, I didn't. I, I hated the weird camera angles and the... I wasn't into that stuff. I don't know. I liked the sitcoms of the 80s and 90s. I mean, as hokey as they may have been, I, I preferred those. I, I don't I'm just not a TV watcher much anymore. You know, I watch I watch a few things. I still sometimes I still watch The Simpsons and Family Guy and uh, you know, I watch sports and stuff and some of the talking head shows and the news shows and that kind of stuff just to have something to talk about here uh, or with friends or whatnot. 
But for the most part, I, I don't even watch that stuff. So Modern Family, never seen an episode. But apparently, now, people al- always tell me that it's good and that I should watch it. And that it's funny. But, uh, yeah, they didn't get a single Emmy nomination. Now, last year was the first year that the show didn't take home any e- Emmys, despite being nominated. Normally, they at least take home something for uh, best writing, production, whatever. Steve Levitin, who is the co-creator of the show, he says that, um, quote, it was a hell of a run, especially in this day and age where there is so there are so many great shows on many platforms. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, well, there are probably are many great shows on different platforms. They're just not on TV anymore, necessarily. That's the weird part. Um, TV is not necessarily the place to tune to find the best shows anymore. You can go to Netflix or Hulu or maybe YouTube. I don't know. Because YouTube is going to be creating their own content as well. Um, Well, I mean, they already create their own content from their users. But I mean, actually have stuff that you might want to watch. All right. Now, this is a little bit depressing. You know, I talk about how many people listen to this podcast and and maybe you have a podcast or maybe you post videos or social media stuff and you want people to pay attention to what you're doing. And There is a video out there. It's about two minutes long of a guy following a lemon that fell off a tree and rolls down a hill in San Diego. You want to know how many views that has? Over six million views. Over 6 million views of a lemon rolling down a road. There's no shtick. There's nobody, like, laughing at it. There's nobody cursing at it. There's it's a, it's a goddamn lemon off a tree that's rolling down a street. And this video goes on for, like, two minutes as it we chronicle the following the lemon down the road. Which is another reason why I should really give up on podcasting and broadcasting and media in general. I I would like to think that I'm more compelling than a lemon rolling down a road, but maybe I'm not. Watson, why didn't you have that report on my desk? I was watching the lemon rolling down the hill, sir. Oh, I can see why that would be so compelling. You know what? You're right. My goodness. And speaking of compelling, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Debt Relief, the game show. No, this is not a joke. It's not some parody. This is an actual new game show that's coming to True TV. And at a time when politics and television have become hopelessly entangled, here's the television that feels highly concentrated, mildly nauseating encapsulation of the zeitgeist. Yes. Quote, it's a show that shouldn't even exist. The host, Michael Torpy, said in a phone interview, when people see this as the best avenue for paying off their debt, it's crazy. This is a show that will focus on uh, people paying off their student loans. Yes, you know, the people that go hundreds of thousands of dollars into debt to get an education in which they'll have a job that pays $60,000, $70,000, $80,000 a year. You know, the stupid system that we have in place right now where we give the business of colleges insane amounts of money just in the hopes that maybe one day by the time we're 60, we pay it back. There's a game show that will help you with it now. It's sad that there has to be a game show for that. I mean, they're absolutely right. So, 
So Michael Torpy will be the host. This is starting very soon. Quote, the reason I was able to pay off my wife's debt was because of an underpants commercial, Torpy says. The whole thing just felt ridiculous. He's right. The, the entire thing is, uh, is insane. They're having people on there that, you know, have forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 in debt. Maybe more than that. And if you have that much debt from student loans, I, I feel bad, man. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know how people ever pay off those loans. I mean, unless you get a job that pays half a million bucks a year, how do you pay back that loan knowing that you know there's interest on those loans, knowing that it takes forever to do that? How? So, all right. Oh, and we passed a major anniversary. You're thinking, what? That's right. Major anniversary occurred yesterday. Uh, on the 12th of July, 1979, it was Disco Demolition Night. An ill-fated baseball promotion that took place July 12, 1979 at Old Comiskey Park in Chicago. It was part of a twi-night doubleheader between the Chicago White Sox and the Detroit Tigers. And it was, uh, well, it was a disaster. This was the Steve Dahl promotion. Steve Dahl, who is still in radio, by the way. If he tried to pull this stunt today and it went the way it did, he would never have a job again because that's the way media is today, I guess. Anyway... At this particular event, what would happen is they, Steve Dahl, who was a guy that hated disco music, he wanted people to bring their disco records to Comiskey Park. The Your price of admission, I think, was five cents plus a disco record. If you had a disco record, it was five cents. You'd take your, your disco album, throw it in this giant dumpster in the middle of the field, and in between games, he blew it up. Steve Dahl blew up the... They literally did a demolition of all the records that were in there. Well, obviously, it, it went a little bit awry because then after the demolition, after he blew up all those records, fans stormed onto the field. The surface of the field was trashed, not only by the destruction of the records, but by all the fans storming the field. Dahl, who worked at uh, 97.9 WL, WLUPFM at the time, made a major name for himself because of this. I mean, it was great promotion for him. The White Sox officials had hoped that a crowd of 20,000 people, about 5,000 more than usual, would show up for the event, but they were surprised, to say the least, when 50,000 people, including... Tens of thousands of Steve Dahl's fans showed up for this. Then you had people actually sneaking in through the gates to participate in this. Now, some people over the years have called this, uh, I don't know why, but somehow or another, people called this uh, later on. They called it racist, homophobic. I don't know why. It's disco music. Everybody at the time in the 70s liked disco. You know, it was one of those things people were into. Uh, some people actually give Steve Dahl some credit for uh, this being the start of the decline in the disco era. 
I'd have to say July 1979. I mean, it it started going downhill after that. I mean, I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor was big at the time. And after that, there were, there were still some that kind of trickled into the early 80s, but then it started to sort of dissipate and fade out. You had some holdovers. You had um, Funky Town, I think, in 1980 or 81, and a few of these other songs that were sort of still around. The Gap Band was still... But I wouldn't say that was necessarily disco. It just had disco elements to it. 70s funk and disco elements, but yeah. I'd agree with that. All right, prepare to get pissed off, everybody. I'm sorry to have to do this. Where's Bernie Sanders right now when you need him on this story? Kylie Jenner is about to be a 20-year-old billionaire. Yes, billionaire. A B. I mean, if you're going to scream about the Disney CEO having $400 million, what about a 20-year-old mushhead with, two, with a billion bucks? She's got a billion dollars. It really depends what she does with that. Corporate, I hope that she's paying a lot of taxes. She should be paying 90% income tax. That's what we used to have in this country. That's what made this country good. And we used to pay 90% income tax. Okay, Bernie. I hope he's screaming about this. Anyway, Kylie Jenner about to become a bill. I'm not, I don't understand how Kylie Jenner and the whole Kardashian thing works. I don't know why they're even famous. Paris Hilton, I understood because she had the Hilton name and because she had a sex tape where she really went to town on a dude. I mean, really just, she showed us how you devour a sausage. But I, I am really confused as to how Kylie Jenner and Kim Kardashian and all the whole Kardashian. Mike, it's the fun show. It's fun. Keeping up with the Kardashians, it's just fun. It's fun watching them just run around and live their lives and doing all these things. And, and Kanye West and Khloe Kardashian. It's fun to watch all that. Okay. And this is another reason why I don't watch much TV. Because I don't, I just don't get it. I don't get pop culture. I know, I sound like I'm 90. What's the saying? I have an old soul. <laughs> I guess. Uh, all right. Now, if you're in the, now, Marvel, of course, is huge. This is, the last couple of years have really been the years of Marvel. Marvel Comics, you know, Marvel Studios really making the huge numbers. Obviously Infinity War I believe is the highest grossing movie of all time ever and I don't know if anything is ever going to beat that except for the follow up to Infinity War. But in order to be in the Marvel Studios in order to be an actor in those Marvel movies I mean you have to sign off on some pretty big stuff and there's a list of, of rules and regulations and things that you have to do as an actor because Disney owns Marvel now and so these are just some of the things that they have as uh, as things that you need to understand you know when you're going into it as an actor with Marvel fake scripts and windowless rooms they talk about how they give you the script and they send you into a room without your cell phone 
and the room is windowless. No one else goes in there with you. You read the script, and you have to do it all in one sitting. And each script, by the way, has fake items in it, fake endings. That's to prevent actors from spoiling the movie. They don't find out the truth until when they're actually shooting the movie. Now, all Marvel, all people in the Marvel universe, they also have to maintain the Disney image. Actors, okay, let's see what else here. No creative control by actors, so they don't get to have any say over what happens. R-rated content is reserved for the TV shows. MCU movies release dates cannot coincide with other Disney franchises. Wherever you are, you must come for reshoots. No, There's no smoking in any Marvel movies. I didn't notice that, but apparently, yeah, no smoking. No portrayal of evil tobacco. No doing what common people do. Because they're superheroes, and superheroes are good guys, and good guys do. Thanos doesn't smoke. I mean, even though he's not really a good guy, but, you know, nobody smokes. Bad, good, indifferent, whatever. Winners don't use drugs, Mike. Uh, Avengers cannot perform all of their own dangerous stunts. Obviously, you have to maintain strict gym rules. Regiments and diet rules. MCU actors must say yes to any MCU franchise appearances. So you're going to have to be available for all sorts of appearances. My God, that's got to be tiring. And I know you're going to say, well, Mike, they make millions of dollars. I mean, who really cares? Uh, no, I, I get it. But uh, still, it's it's a lot of work. Let's see what else here. Uh, MCU actors must go international. That makes sense. Uh, I mean, you're going to be flying all over the world for this stuff, obviously. There's appearances. There's all sorts of stuff. Um, every actor must go through a background check. I, okay, that makes sense. Disney references throughout MCU movies, of course. Those are mandatory. No beheadings allowed in any Disney movie. I was worried about it when Disney took over the Star Wars franchise. Now, Episode 7 was pretty good, but I, I didn't see Episode 8. Everyone except for one person that saw it told me that it was garbage. I don't know. Haven't seen it, couldn't tell you. But I was very worried. Now, the Marvel Universe, it does not seem to have impacted it whatsoever, uh, as Infinity War was just outstanding. And, I mean, the results speak for themselves, too. I mean, highest-grossing movie ever, so. Uh, obviously, you're at the beck and call of all the toy companies as an MCU actor, of course. Uh, you also sign a non-compete clause. So you're not going to see any of those actors appear in a DC movie. Of course not. And then there's the infamous van and immediate shoots. Uh, sorry, here comes a spoiler alert. I know it's a four-year-old or four-month-old movie, so if you haven't seen it, well, it's on you. But at the end of Infinity War, none of the actors knew their fate until right before they shot that scene. According to this. According to this, they were brought into a van. 
They were all told what was going to happen to them individually. And then given their lines and whatever. And that's it. That part... um, I mean, it's crazy the secrecy they went through on Infinity War. I mean, it's pretty crazy what they go through for all of their franchises. But especially the Marvel Universe. And that's pretty much it. That's the... uh, That's what you have to know about... If you want to be an actor... You want to be an actor for Disney? I mean, look. The pay is still there, and it's still probably pretty damn good. It's just I'm letting you know that they're uh, going to work for it. You know, no question about that. That is, uh, that's Disney for you. How dare they make those actors work for it? Well, their CEO is worth $400 million. Right, Bernie said? That's right. How, how could you have them doing a non-compete clause? Big corporations doing non-compete clauses. And it's very hard to do the Bernie Sanders impression without just morphing into Barney Rupp. I don't know, Fred. Girls ain't gonna like it. You know, speaking of impressions, maybe I ought to have done a, an impression of a lemon rolling down a hill so that I could have gotten more views and more people listening and you know what let me just do that right now let me just do my impression this is my impression of a lemon rolling down a hill here we go there what'd you think did i nail it am i pretty spot on with it (laughs) do i have six million listens six million views if you took all the videos I ever did in my entire life, took all the videos, all the shows, everything I've ever done, multiplied it by 10, probably not at 6 million. Probably not. Hell, if you took it all and multiplied it by 100. Oh, well. Maybe next time. Maybe I'll have a lemon as a co-host. I don't think any show, any radio show has ever had a lemon for a co- or any citrus. I'm going to go ahead and just patent that right now. Copyright 20, 2018 Michael Groff Entertainment. All right, that's it for the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. Groffshow, gmail.com, email and PayPal. Michael Groff on Twitter. The Michael Groff Show Facebook. MichaelGroff.com for everything else Michael Groff related. Thanks so much for being here. We'll see you next week. Another edition of the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show. Good night, everybody.